listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday. It's Monday. July. July 2nd. Yeah, I was going to say the first Monday in June. <laughs> nope, not June. July. July. Oh my goodness. I'm literally on everything. I've skipped over July. I go right from June to August. It's really bad. <laughs> and you have a lot of things where you have to enter dates in the computer. And... Yeah, so this whole month might just disappear on our website. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that might be kind of messy. We don't want yeah. to do that. <laughs> well, it is Monday, and uh, let's see, a lot going on this week. Uh, Independence Day here in the United States. Yesterday was Canada Day. Yesterday, oh, I'm so sorry for my Canadian friends that I did not celebrate that for you or observe that. There were lots of Canadian flags on my Facebook feed yesterday. It was Be- kind of fun. Yeah, being from Michigan, I'm sure lots of Canadian friends. And I a remember lot of Canadian when, friends. When I lived on the Canadian border and uh, had Canadian friends, yeah, yeah, we love our Canadian friends. I do. They're such nice people. We have some good topics today. Why is why is discussing politics such a sensitive issue for um, for many Christians? Not all, but for many. Why is it a sensitive issue? And uh, tomorrow, going to catch up with Pastor Wolf Miller after his travels. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, he's been he's been in Greece for a little while, so I get to talk to him. I know I'll be <laughs> out on the road. Wednesday, we'll revisit some of our coffee hour uh, top programs, yeah. and then. Uh, we get to check in with one of our missionaries and mm-hmm. uh, also Eric Lunsford on Thursday and Friday. Uh, the Lutheran High School, uh, Lutheran South High School here in St. Louis football team um, did some great and outstanding service project with yeah. Humanitary here in St. Louis. So we get to check in with them. You get yeah, to check in with I them do. as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll be here this week. <laughs> Thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. So why are why are uh, why is discussing politics such a sensitive issue in studio? Uh, none, none other than Kip Allen here at KFUO, our host of World Lutheran News Digest, Free to Be Faithful, KFUO News updates, and uh, a number of other things. Good morning, Kip. Good morning. I also empty the water bottles and things like that. <laughs> empty water bottles. <laughs> well, this is a holy vocation. I have one on my desk that needs to be emptied. Oh, okay, and, I, I'm going to give it to you after the show. And, and uh, <laughs> one of the, the uh, one of the co-hosts of uh, Concord Matters, Pastor Sean Smith, Pastor of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Campbell Hill and St. Paul Lutheran Church in Wine Hill, Illinois. Good morning, Pastor Smith. Great to be here with you as always. Thank you for uh, thank you both for coming into the coffee hour this morning. You have your coffee. I, should we go around the room see what you all have this morning? Uh, Sarah, what's your what's in your coffee cup this morning? Costa Rican. Costa Rican. French roast. French roast. Whatever. Uh, Whatever studio mom <laughs> brewed for me. That would be Jamaican. <laughs> Jamaican. That is my favorite. Uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> well, and I didn't brew it. I just got it for you. <laughs> Raymond, our Lutheran Young Adult Corps volunteer, That's, was so gracious yeah. to to make some coffee for us. And and I just had my water this morning. No kombucha. No 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 kombucha. Man, today. what is a Monday without kombucha? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have it every Monday. I know. <laughs> so if you've if you've watched uh, the news at all in the last what five years, six years, last decade, or like live on Facebook at all, or, or on social media, yeah, um, the topic of uh, anything related to politics can sometimes conjure up some. Uh, anger, anger, or sensitivities. Um, um, you know, as a matter of fact, some say that you know that this rule of conversation: don't discuss religion or politics when you go to a party. Why? Why do you think? And I want to hear from each of you. Why you think this is such a sensitive uh, subject? Well, we'll start over here, Pastor Smith. Yeah, I, the the government politics are given a very specific role 
in our world by God himself to execute justice, to maintain the common good and things like that. And so when we recognize that that is the role, whether by natural knowledge or we observe it in the truth of Scripture, I think the temptation for us as we're prone to have so many idols is that we make it into an idol and we look for perfection there and we we cling our hopes to if we can just get the right governmental system, if we, you know, we, we put too much hope in our government. And so then we get our own ideas, too, of what the government should be doing, and we get very forceful in that. And I think it's always that striving after the idol of uh, hoping for perfection in somewhere mm. that it can't be found. That doesn't mean that you don't strive for good. Uh, and so, it, you know, anytime we have that kind of that much hope in something, we're going to be very passionate about it. Obviously, you see this with true believers where our hope should lie in Christ. We get very passionate about our faith, right? Um, uh, but uh, when, when that temptation is going to a false idol like the government or something, we get, we get very passionate and very worked up about it. Um, and then, of course, when we have our own ideas of what they should be doing, we get very passionate about our own ideas, too. And so we you know, struggle with having the right balance and the right tension there. Kip, you've been writing the news for for some time, but following you know following a lot of uh, issues yes. in politics. Why do you think it's such a, a sensitive subject? Uh, I think there are two separate issues uh, that we have to look at here. Uh, first is, as the pastor said, people are getting really, really in, invested in their particular point of view, and uh, the purpose of news theoretically is to present. The, uh, an objective uh, point of view of what it, of what's going on, and let the people make their own decision. That's that's the entire concept of a, a democracy or a constitutional republic in our case. But uh, we're getting to a point now where the polarization is so great, and uh, I, I think that we're really seeing uh, a point where people don't want to hear all sides. They 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 already know what the what they know. The facts be darned, you know. Uh, Second thing that uh, I've run into, especially here at this on these on my programs, is uh, I will get some comments occasionally from uh, some listeners saying you should only be talking about the gospel. Don't do anything that doesn't inspire the gospel. And in fact, there's one specific instance I, I remember just recently where uh, one uh, listener had complained specifically about a story uh, concerning an action that President Trump had taken, and. Uh, said quite rightly that President Trump has got a lot of personal flaws. I don't think anybody denies that. He says, well, does this make you think of the gospel? Well, actually, yeah, it does. Uh, I happen to be working that week with uh, Pastor Whedon on the book of Jeremiah. And uh, Jeremiah said specifically that uh, God said that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the guy who destroyed the kingdom of Judah and took the remnants into captivity in Babylon, was his servant. And this shows us, yes, indeed, that God works through these agencies. And yeah, it does remind me of the gospel. That's my unbiased view as a Lutheran <laughs> journalist. <laughs> Quite unbiased. Um, since since Andy asked for uh, for all of our opinions, I'm going to give mine too. Even well, yeah, though you're on social media. All even the though time. I'm holding the talking stick, well, I guess that that gives me full power right now. I was wondering what that was. Uh, yeah, this is our well, it's a talking hacky sack. But anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, you... It's the law. This <laughs> this is the... It, it determines who gets he to talk. He who has the, the hacky sack must speak next. Anyway, um, <laughs> I mean, you mentioned I'm on social media all the time. I'm going to pull in a little millennial uh, jargon here. Um, 
I think both with politics and with religion, it's tied so much to um, our identity and mm. who we feel like uh, we are as people. So um, political issues along with uh, religious beliefs, those things, I feel like it gets so heated because it's it's so tied to who we think we are as a person. So as a person, if I feel like, um, you know, this is what needs to be done because this is what I would do in the situation, then that's what I feel like should be done in politics. And because it's tied to how I feel um, I am as a person, then if you disagree with me on that in politics or in religion, then you're wrong and you're a mean person and I don't like you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, and that's, that's how I've that's how I've seen a lot of it happen on Facebook too and in social media and in social media especially we get so polarized um, in our own groups and uh, especially you know we, we have our friend groups and and because of Facebook algorithms and the way that uh, you your your uh, Facebook feed gets so personalized to you know if you start liking and sharing certain things then they'll show up more or you can only follow the things that you want to follow and you can surround yourself so easily with only your own personal beliefs that that you get so entrenched in what you believe i mean you literally can't see the other side of the other point of view at that point do do you also think that uh, perhaps we have a exploded sense of personal identity because of social <laughs> networking and so forth i mean i have people that follow me on twitter or right? you know uh, pay attention to my facebook and so yeah my idea is my my opinions are just as important as anyone else's, as President Trump's and so forth, right? Because, you know, the, you're, you're looking at my, my things mm-hmm. on, online and so forth. I don't think that that's a healthy thing, but I think it plays into it some too. And yeah. so, you know, the more we get forceful with putting that out there as if we have some sort of authority uh, because of that, I think that that adds to the polarization of it. Yeah. And identity is such a buzzword these days mm. too. Um, and I don't know if this is an, an American culture thing because of, because of the individualistic nature of our culture and, and holding the individual above like all else. It seems like in some, in some areas um, of, of whatever I believe is right. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. It's right. Uh, and I think that that can cause serious issues when you're trying to have a, a logical conversation or debate with somebody that that doesn't hold the same view. I mean, you, you just start butting heads, and it it, it just it doesn't well, go anywhere. Well, I think part of the problem is that there's this entitlement concept where <laughs> no, it, really, really, you know, <laughs> where you pointed out, you know, well, my opinion is just as good as the president's. It, it brings to mind uh, some years ago when I was managing editor at a uh, at a news operation, and uh, I had uh, I, I had. Uh, was correcting one of my young reporters uh, who had made a, an error in grammar. And it Those was, are the worst kind. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was terrible. Those are worthy to argue yeah. over. <laughs> and it was it was something very basic. I didn't recall now. It was something like subject verb agreement. It was it was it wasn't an Oxford change, comma. Change was it? Tense, oh you know. boy! At any rate, they violated my they violated my, my code, and I corrected her and said, "No, this is uh, this is not correct. This you need to go back and, and change it and make it grammatically correct." And I remember her exact words to me were, "Well, that's just your opinion." <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> the thing was, how did that you here handle I was, that? Uh, I she was in her first year as a journalist. And here I was in my, like, 20th or 30th year as a journalist. And no, her opinion was not as good as mine on matters of grammar, over and above the fact that I was her boss. <laughs> but <laughs> why, why should we be, as Christians, 
should we be ignorant of government issues and political matters? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> pardon me here. Okay, I'm speaking as a layman. And, uh, but Luther was very, very clear on the role of the left-hand kingdom. We are to be, we are to use our vocation within the left-hand kingdom, and that means interacting with government. And we can't do that unless we know what the issues are and how government is responding. Pastor Smith? Yeah, so I, I was looking through um, different Luther quotes and so forth in preparation, getting my thinking in here, and I came across a quote by Luther himself where he says, I have written more splendidly and profitably of civil authority than any teacher has ever done, except perhaps St. Augustine since the time of the apostles. So that's the founder of our church body that that we you know uh, follow his teachings according to christ and he talks a lot about this relationship between the church and the civil realm and and i think we have to understand that foundational thinking that he has that everything in the government the estate of the government uh, the realm of the government civil authority proceeds forth from how we are influenced in our conscience by god's word and so certainly we look to uh, the prophets of old, the apostles themselves, who at various times were called to speak God's word. Well, first of all, they're, they're called to speak God's word to everyone, to all people. We, we have to be doing this as the church. And when that includes civil authority, uh, especially when there's matters of intrinsic evil, we do have to speak to that. And so uh, this is part of the prophetic work of the church to, to apply God's truth to form and shape consciences in God's holy ways, uh, even for civil living. Now, I think that we do have this, this problem and kind of responding to what you were saying earlier, Kip, about this, this idea of, you know, we, we, we think that we should be all about the gospel and we certainly should be. I think where we have a danger there is that, uh, you know, we, we can have disagreement about the right way to, to live in civil in the civil realm. You know, God has certainly informed us for how we are to live in our lives, but he hasn't spelled everything out for us. And so when we think about, you know, uh, you know, God calls for us to care for the poor, right? You know, mm -hmm. th there's, there's a welfare, welfare system and we're free to disagree on the best way to do that. And that's where, and perhaps maybe we'll get to this in a little bit here, you know, in kind of the, the two realms or two kingdoms theology that we often talk about. I think we, we should lay that out a little more. But in the realm of the civil realm, you know, it's not given to the church to legislate, legislate and it's not given to the church to, to, to apply legislation and, and, and to work out in terms of using our reason, our senses, and everything else that are first article gifts. Um, to execute that. That is what God has given to the civil authorities and called them to do, and we are to pray for them and support them. Uh, we are to be the prophetic voice of the church saying, God says care about the poor, or whatever the situation may be that applies, and and you know talk about matters of intrinsic evil when things are done poorly by our civil authorities. Um, but uh, you know, I think sometimes the temptation for the church is to get into these matters that we would call prudential judgment, uh, where uh, we're free to disagree on the best way of this. And, and that's where the gospel gets lost, I think, is when we start talking about the matters of prudential judgment, uh, rather than this is what God says. Now use your reason that he gave you and find, find the way that works. Well, well one, one, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. We need to take a quick break. When we come back from that break, we'll continue the conversation. We're talking about the 
the, the, the issue of, of politics being a sensitive subject for many Christians. <laughs> You're listening to the Coffee Hour. We'll be right back. Digest host Kip Allen. Every day, things happen that affect the lives of Lutherans worldwide. Whether it's mercy efforts to a disaster-stricken community, threats to religious liberty, or cultural trends, World Lutheran News Digest takes an in-depth look at one issue each week as I interview newsmakers and experts. All Sarah Golseth presents a quick look at the week's news. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 and Saturday at 9.30 on Worldwide KFUO. KFUO is faithful to the Word of God. Listen daily to KFUO as we focus on salvation through Christ Jesus. Generations have heard KFUO proclaim the good news through our talk programs, music programs, and worship services. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. KFUO, faithful, scriptural, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. We are the messenger of good news, KFUO. Hi, this is Pastor Mark Azil, the LCMS Director of Campus Ministry and the Chancellor of LCMSU, inviting you to join us right here on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. in the Student Union. If you can't make it, Student Union is always available as a podcast at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus. We'll help. Wednesday afternoon at 2 on KFUO. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Talking sensitive subject of politics today. Oh boy! But approaching it from uh, from this this Lutheran Christian perspective, there's somebody else who does that too. What the Lutheran Witness? That's their slogan too. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to steal theirs, but but looking uh-huh. at at the, these matters. And and before we went to break, Pastor Smith, you were talking about uh, living in two realms. Uh, some call it two kingdoms. You call it two realms. I've also heard of the uh, three realms or three estates as well. Just a, a like the your elevator speech <laughs> on understanding or this framework for uh, two kingdoms, two realms, or three estates, uh, and then uh, go pick up with Kip where where we left off with Kip before we. Yeah, traditionally we talk about the two kingdoms. We have the kingdom of the left and the kingdom of the right. Uh, the kingdom of the left being the civil um, kingdom and the kingdom of the right being that of the church governed by the gospel and the left being governed by the law. Um, the reason that I prefer two realms as opposed to two kingdoms, and this is kind of how I was taught and formed and shaped in seminary especially, is because I think we often make our mistake when we use language like two kingdoms to think that they're separate that you know you have the kingdom that is governed here in the civil area right and then 
God has nothing to do with that. Uh, whereas when you understand it's one kingdom, it's God's kingdom, and we believe and we assert that you know God's word governs everything that's in his kingdom in heaven and on earth, right? Uh, and so he, he definitely has things to say to the left-hand realm, and he governs in two realms, and he works through mass of vocation. Uh, and so this is where the three estates plays in. You have the family, the church, and and then the secular, you know, kind of civil realm outside of that and so forth. And, and you have, I mean, we could go on and on and talk about this, but you said elevator <laughs> speech. But again, I think we make our big mistake when we when we think of it as two kingdoms as if they're separate and they and they don't have anything to do with one another, do with one another. But when we understand it's one kingdom, and it's governing in two realms, uh, to to kind of mm. poorly summarize this, it might be like we have the federal government and then we have our state government. They they have to work in concert to some level, and we're constantly trying to figure out how that works and so <laughs> forth in the United States. Um, but uh, they they can't not be completely separate. Otherwise, what you do is you have two separate nations, right? Kip, I want to come back to the point you were making right before we went to break. Well, the point I was trying to raise, <clears throat> excuse me, is that I've had to uh, change my uh, my operation a little bit. Now, when I was in the secular media, uh, for example, if I'm covering abortion, I will go out of my way to get both sides on that particular story. Now that I'm working for a religious media, we start with to us, which is the truth, life begins at conception, and abortion is wrong. So now, as a Lutheran journalist, working for a Lutheran station, aiming at a Lutheran or at least a, a, a faith-based audience, uh, I don't feel bound to give the other side on this, because uh, you know, we, we know what the truth is on this, on this particular issue. On others, yeah, sure. There, there, there are other things that we can debate about, and I will, I will do that. I will go over. I will try to get both sides, but not on an issue like this, which is something that I would have done, you know, t- ten years ago. So I think um, I, there's, there's so much to talk about, not enough time. Uh, how, how does this understanding, this, this Lutheran understanding of of two kingdoms, how does that affect? Uh, how we have conversations with people, especially if they're uh, not coming from the same background as us, um, and even more so if we're on social media where people can be uh, keyboard warriors and not really nice about it. How does how does that that shape um, our understanding of of how we approach people? Well, I, I'm actually involved in a number of uh, Facebook conversations with yeah, people. Yeah, I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> but you will probably notice that I never attack personally the other person i never use foul language another thing i always do on social media is i always use my own name i'm not going to hide behind anonymity if there's something i believe then darn it i'm going to put my name to it but that's what that's how i respond to it yeah fine let them call me whatever they want i don't especially care at least we're having a conversation i i think it's good to remember the eighth commandment in this sense, right? Uh, you know, that I not give false testimony against my neighbor, but that I also assume the best. And I can vehemently disagree with someone. Uh, and, and yet I can try to understand, well, just putting the best construction on it. I think that they probably have good motives for believing what they believe. 
and I want to try and understand what are those motives and how can I help lead them to an understanding of what we believe the truth to be formed and shaped by God's word, right? And um, and so when when you come at it from that perspective, and I obviously don't do it perfectly, I too am a sinner, uh, but you know when when you come at it from that perspective, putting the best construction on it, you, you're you're understanding. Okay, they they desire the best here, um, and and I think I'll probably go to to as an example something like the immigration issue right you know i think that there are good motives on both sides and i think we get a little too polarized on that that we forget that the other side does care about laws and then the other side from them does care about you know our immigrant neighbors and the poor and and how you know and, and so how can we again in a matter of prudential judgment, work out what's the best way to make this work and 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 just do away with the notion that there's going to be perfection found. We're going to strive <laughs> towards the good, but we can't find perfection. Uh, and then at the same time, though, too, with the abortion issue, I think that we have lost as the church. That's a matter of intrinsic evil. That's that's murder. Yeah. <laughs> there's another commandment about that. Right. <laughs> and, and so we have lost the ability as the church in the secular realm, in the civil realm, right, to come out and say, thus saith the Lord. We're afraid to do it, and and we really need to be doing it as the church. We need to come out as the prophets and apostles of old and say, thus saith the Lord, right? I, I speak in the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he says that this is evil, right? And this is not a matter of figuring out what's the best way to handle this. No, I mean, there's, there's, you know, uh, related issues that tie into that, but we, we need to recover that. But then in the matters of prudential judgment, that the gospel not be lost, we understand and assume the best about our neighbor and assume that they desire good as well. And, and then we work with them to, to figure out what's the best way. And then this is where Romans 13 and lots of other scripture plays in as well, writing to Timothy, Pastor Timothy, um, you know, St. Paul encourages, pray for those in authority, right? We are all out of time. That was way too that. fast. <laughs> Darn, we're having fun. <laughs> well, thank you all for uh, the, the insightful conversation, the meaningful conversation, and for not tearing each other's eyes out while <laughs> talking about it. We can do this civilly. Because we love each other. That's right. And we have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> now, you take away the coffee, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> You're listening to Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Goldseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. The listener-supported broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit kfuo.org or text KFUO to 41444. KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere.